Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. today is Palm Sunday. It's that, really that kickoff to the Holy Week events, the day when Jesus would ride into the city of Jerusalem one more time. On his way, the people waved the palm branches, they worshiped, they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means literally God save us. Later this week, they would turn and shout, crucify him, crucify him. Everything about this week, and I appreciate our choir singing so much about the cross, because everything about this week, as, as, as glorious as this day was for Christ, this week would test him. Herod would test him, Pilate would test him, the religious elite would test him until he finally came to that that pivotal moment in history where he would he'd hang and he would die on the cross and die for the sins of the world. We're going to continue our preaching this morning through our reading plan and rather than flip over to the gospels we're going to be in the book of Psalms this morning, Psalm 91 if you'd like to flip there. And I chose not to diverge from our reading plan, even on days like today, days that are so much about Jesus in the calendar, because I want you to learn something as we read through the Bible together. I want you to learn how to see Jesus on every page and in every passage of your Bibles. So Psalm 91 is a a familiar psalm to, to many of us. It's often quoted when we're afraid or turn to when we're facing danger or sickness or uncertain times. And, and I want you to know there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I encourage you to do that. I love it when we turn to the pages of Scripture, wherever that is, to find comfort and to find strength and peace and encouragement in the pages of Scripture. But what I want us to understand is that even passages like this, they're not just promises for us to cling to. When we're feeling bad. They're not just a prescription or a cure. Or even these words that we might use superstitiously if you will. No, they're they're so much more. And they're so much deeper. And their meaning is so much richer than we often allow for. So let's turn together and read Psalm 91 together. And the Bible says this. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. He will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. 
Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. There have been a lot of times in my own life, personally, where I've clung to passages like this, even when I've clung to these very words here in Psalm 91. Uh, For example... Uh, Psalm 91 was one of the psalms, one of the passages of Scripture that I had written down that I would read quite frequently when I was in Iraq, for example. Finding comfort and strength in in the words of the psalmist. And many people turned to these very words when the pandemic broke out and there was so much fear and we didn't really know what was going on. And people clung to these words about the deliverance from the plagues and the pestilences. And, And I think that's... Okay, but what are these words truly about? Are these words really about me and my problems and my fears? Are they about something more? The truth is, these words are all about Christ. Psalm 91 is one of what we call the Messianic Psalms. And these are Psalms that are... uh, explicitly referring to the Messiah or are words of the Father to His Son, the Messiah. And this particular psalm is one, obviously, that Jesus knew. It's also one that Satan knew very well. And it was from Psalm 91, if you caught on to those words, that Satan quoted from in one of his attempts to tempt Jesus away from God's will, quoting from verse 12. And while these words are about Christ... I'm not trying to say there's no application for us today. To the contrary, there is tremendous application to point us even more to Christ. For example, when we turn to this psalm for protection, we need to understand the first point this morning is our protection is in Christ. You see, this is why I want you to see Christ in these words. This psalm, I know, it has covenantal promises with the nation of Israel and even with the Messiah himself. And it can be difficult for us today to cling to these promises when you face very real difficulties in life. It can be hard to trust in the protection of the Most High when you feel like you and your family have not been protected. From the temporal dangers and pains and sicknesses and diseases of this life. It can be difficult to trust in God's refuge and His fortress when it feels like the enemy has overrun your life and your family. It can be difficult to trust in God's faithfulness and His protective shield when you've been hurt. Or when your child has been hurt and is laying there in a hospital bed. But this is why... 
we got to understand that the protection that God has afforded to us is not just a protection, as the psalmist says, from the trap or from the plague or from the attacks. It's not just a temporal type of protection in this temporal life, but an eternal protection that transcends whatever this life may throw your way. It's a protection and a promise that we have a future because of Christ. That no matter what we might endure, no matter what crosses we ourselves may have to bear in this life, for His name's sake, understanding that through Christ we will be preserved beyond this life for all of eternity. Through Christ we live under the protection of the Most High and dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. But not only do we have eternal protection. That's great, isn't it? I mean, that's comforting. But folks, we have hope in Christ. How is it that we cannot fear the terror of the night? How is it that we cannot fear the arrow that flies by the day? How is it that we cannot fear the plague that stalks in darkness or the pestilence that ravages at noon? How is it that we cannot fear these things when these things do in fact come and they do in fact harm us and do in fact harm our children and even take those that we love from us? We do not fear because our hope is not in these things not happening to us. Our hope is not uh, avoiding these things should they come. Our hope is in Christ. And this is exactly why the Apostle Paul in the New Testament could write to Timothy, his son in the faith, and say, Son, I know that I'm suffering, and I know why I'm suffering. But more importantly, I know not just what I believe, but I know a person. I know in whom I have placed my trust, and his name is Jesus. Church, I want you to understand, there's nothing to be afraid of in this life. I know we, I know, I know we worry. I know we get afraid. I know we play the what if game, but there is nothing in this life to fear because of the blessed hope that we have in Christ. Sickness, attacks, even death itself is nothing for the Christian to be afraid of. These things are temporal. And while they may cause us pain for a season, even though we may grieve, we do not grieve as those who do not have any hope. Because we have Christ. The psalmist reminds us not only do we have the future hope of life, eternal life, and a resurrection. But the psalmist reminds us that we will also see the future punishment of the wicked who in this life seem to prosper. And I think one of the most discouraging things for Christians sometimes is to look around and we see all this evil going on. And we wonder, how do all these wicked things continue? How do all these wicked people get away with this and seem to prosper? Well, one day, because of Christ... The Bible teachers are going to be a great reckoning. And we will see with our very own eyes the punishment of the wicked. And see even God glorified through their punishment. But our hope will be in Christ. Thirdly, our protections in Christ, our hopes in Christ, our victories in Christ. The psalmist says, you will trample the young lion. And the serpent. And God, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, made a promise to humanity shortly after humanity turned their back on God that one day, one fateful day, the seed of the woman would crush 
the head of the serpent. And that day, church, came some 2,000 years ago when Christ crushed the head of the serpent on Calvary's cross. And while we celebrate the victory of the resurrection next Sunday, and and man, I, I can't wait. We should celebrate the victory of the resurrection. But we cannot forget that before we get to the empty tomb, we have to come to the bloody cross. Because it was on the cross that the victory was actually won. It was on the cross that Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And it was there on the cross that He achieved victory over sin and death and even sickness. You see, it was with these verses right here in the middle of this passage in verse 12 that Christ was tempted. Because Satan knew if he could just keep Jesus from the cross, he could win. And thankfully, when Jesus was tempted, even when in his flesh, he did not want to go to the cross and he wrestled with the Father's will there in the garden. Thankfully, Jesus trusted God the Father rather than testing God the Father. And what we need to understand so desperately, church, is that because of Christ, we too can trample the head of the serpent today. You see, so many Christians go through this life defeated. Spiritually defeated. Emotionally defeated. We walk around like everything's just all doom and gloom. Like the world is just against us. And it is. But our hope's not in this world. There's victory in Jesus that's already been won. And no matter how long you may live in this life. No matter how holy you may become over the course of your life. I want you to understand that you need to always keep the cross ever before you. Ever present in your mind. Just like the old hymn goes. Jesus, keep me near the cross. For there is a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Near the cross a trembling soul, love and mercy found me. There the bright and morning star shed his beams around me. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with its shadow over me. And near the cross I watch and I wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river. And our prayer should be in the cross, in the cross be my glory ever, till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. The empty cross and the empty grave are our victory. Yes, but we can't forget that our victory came at a very, very great cost. And we can't forget that. And every day, our prayer, when we, I was, I'll just be honest with you, I was sitting here burning up a box of tissues as we were singing about the king being on our cross this morning. That should be our mindset, no matter how mature we get in our faith. Jesus, keep me near the cross. The late Charles Spurgeon said, I I look around and there are some professing Christians who can speak of themselves in terms of admiration. But from my inmost heart, I loathe such speeches more and more every day that I live. He says, while they're congratulating themselves upon all the good things that they find within themselves, I have to lie humbly at the foot of Christ's cross and marvel that I'm saved at all. That's where we got to find ourselves every single day. And not only, though, is our hope found in Christ, not only is the victory found in Christ, but hear me clearly this morning, our salvation 
is found in Christ. Notice what the psalmist writes. Let me read these last verses to you. He says, because he has his heart set on me, I'll deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I'll rescue him and give him honor. I'll satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. The psalmist reminds us we have to have, first and foremost, our heart set on Christ. Christ is the only hope for deliverance, the only hope for salvation that we have, folks. So let me ask you this this morning. Have you ever found salvation in Christ? Because you won't find salvation in any other place. You won't find salvation in your good works. You won't find salvation in your job or in your education or in your relationships. No, the Bible clearly tells us there is no other name by which men must be saved than the name of Jesus. And even when we face trouble in this life, the psalmist reminds us that we can call on him. That he'll be there with us. Even when everything seems to fall apart. When it seems like there is no hope. There's always hope in Christ. Victory in Christ. So let me ask you this morning. As we close. Where do you turn to in your time of trouble? Do you turn to Christ? Do you turn to yourself? Do you turn to a bottle? Do you turn to more work to occupy your mind? If you're honest with yourself this morning, do you have hope for the future? Do you have hope for your eternity? Have you ever really trusted Jesus Christ alone for salvation? And if you have not done that, you can this morning and be saved. Let's stand together as we pray. Lord Jesus... Lord, you are our only hope. And God, I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago, our king rode into the city of Jerusalem. Not just to be lifted up in praise, but to be lifted up on a cross. To die there for our sins that we might be saved. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning that needs to be saved that knows they're on their way to hell and they want to be saved this morning. God, give them the faith that it takes to step out and trust you as their Savior. God, for those of us that are saved, that are going through trying times, difficult times, Lord, let us know that you're with us. Let us feel your presence, God, as we go through these difficulties. God, be with us. Walk with us through these times. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, the altar's open. If you need to be saved, why don't you come right now as we sing a song of invitation. If you're here and you want to pray for someone else, by all means, I encourage you to come and pray. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at BarbervilleFBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.